0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. This morning, I want to ask you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. If the Lord will help me. God put a thought in my heart and a word in my spirit this week, this past week, as I begin to diligently ask the Lord the message that he would have me to speak on New Year's Day. To be honest with you, I have had trembling about this message. And this, when I say trembling, I have had a reverential fear of the Lord in delivering such a message on such a celebratory day. I know many of you were partying like 1999 with your apple juice last night. I pray it was. And was enjoying, you know... Fireworks and all that, and so today is so celebratory and new year a new season i won 't ask you to write your resolution because i don't want you to cause your flesh to sin by your mouth sometimes we'll say things and then be three weeks down the road. Why did I say that? so I want you to seek God um, about this in prayer as I minister the word and as you open your Bibles to Hebrews. Chapter 12, I want to talk about a man by the name of Esau this morning. In fact, I don't really recall that I've ever just did a message about him alone. I have preached many messages about his brother, his twin brother Jacob, who was known as a surplanter and a deceiver, but I have never really divulged deep into the life of Esau. In fact, there's not much that you can find about him other than what's written, and it's not books. But I want to think on this thought, and this is the thought that God gave me. I changed my mind. I want you to say that out loud. I changed my mind. You may have come here this morning with a certain mindset or a certain... Uh, way of thinking. And you thought, when I get here, this is how it's going to be. When I leave here today, these are the decisions I'm going to make this week, this year. These are the things that I'm going to do. Some people are notorious on social media of of announcing ahead of time that they're unfriending everyone, and this year is going to be all about them, and they're walking into their best life. (laughs) Don't point at anybody. Uh, And they're notorious for making those kinds of statements. And I'm asking myself, why do you gotta announce it? If you're gonna do it, just do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, just do it already. (laughs) So I I don't premeditate all that mess. I don't have to, you know, the Bible said that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. You and I are not righteous in and of ourselves, but we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. His blood, his uh, experience of faith and salvation through him has made me righteous. I'm in right standing with God. And so because of that, I don't live by uh, wives' tales. I don't live by gossip. I don't live by if you step on a crack, you're going to break your mother's back. I I don't do hooky spook. I don't do old tales that lingered in your family tree. Come on, somebody. And some of us will hold to that more than we do the gospel. Be like, oh, be careful now. (laughs) Listen, you are a blood-bought child of God, and the devil can't cross the bloodline. Amen? You are somebody in Christ, and you are a saved somebody. But there are times that you have to get your mind fixed and going into a brand new year when many of us are already in that mode of saying resolutions and new this, new that. It's gonna be a new me and all that. This is the time to consider to change. And so I don't want you to think about the person next to you who you've been breathing under your breath saying they need this message because I've been trying to change them. (laughs) Maybe it's you that needs the change. Put your hand on your chest and say, it's probably me. I I need the change. Hebrews chapter 12. And when you have it, say amen in verse 15. And the Bible said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Notice before we move on that he said a bitter root that's in your heart can defile many. You can defile your whole family if you remain bitter all your life. And then he said, lest there be any fornicator or profane person. And he says, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Listen to this he, he he in the same verse he is is describing fornicators and profane people and uses the name of Esau Lord don't don't put my name in a verse like that Amen. For a morsel of meat sold his birthright that brother was hungry That brother was a wheeler and a dealer. That guy had a hustle. How many know there are some people that always got a hustle? They got a hustle. Even their hustle has a hustle. (laughs) And for a morsel of meat, he sold what was his. He sold his birthright because he was hungry. And then in verse 17, For you know that how afterward, when he would have, inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. And this is where it hit me hard as I was reading this. He tried and tried and tried to find repentance and cried and cried and cried and and couldn't find it. Would you help me pray? Father, I ask you to help me to speak your word. Your word's anointed, but give me an anointed mouth to speak. And give us an anointed ear to hear because we truly believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And we did not just come here on New Year's Day just to assemble and see each other. We came, Lord, to hear a word from you. That if you don't speak to us, then all we have had is a gathering. But we need you to speak to us. Even if it hurts me. Even if it cuts me deep. Even if it convicts me. Oh God, don't lay it on someone else. Lay it on me, Lord. And let me say yes, Lord, to your will and way. And the church will say "Amen." amen. I want to go back to verse 16. If they keep that scripture there for a minute. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright now you've know you got to be hungry if you are selling your birthright for a happy meal I I will give you my house if you give me that chicken meal (laughs) how many know that doesn't even sound right but when you are hungry you might do things that are odd and Things that are stupid. Now, I don't use that word stupid a lot. I remember using it one time, and some dear sister come up to me after church and was so upset that I had said the word stupid. And I tried to appease her uh, by telling her I was sorry that I made that stupid remark. (laughs) And she... But I'm being honest, I don't use the word stupid. I don't refer to people as being stupid because the Bible said that life and death are in the power of the tongue. But I need you to bear with me this morning so that I can till the ground up. There's some hard places. And so Esau did something that was stupid. And I I would dare say that everybody in here has made a dumb choice about something or someone at some moment in their life that you regret. And you live with the consequences of that decision nine months later, three months later, or even three years later. We all live with the consequences of our own stupidity. What is disturbing to me about this text in this passage of Hebrews 12 is not so much the stupidity with which Esau made the decision, but it is rather that when Esau got ready to change, if the Bible said he sought it with repentance, and he sought it with many tears, and he found it not, in other words, he lost his future, not just because he did something stupid, but write this down, he was unable to change what he had set in motion over his life. And I tell you, I'm standing here with such a reverential fear of God this morning for what I'm going to share with you today. Yes, he made a stupid decision but he was unable to change the consequences of what he had set in motion over his life. And that's what I want to deal with today if the Lord will help me because it is not the mediocre or mediocre ideology of doing something stupid. I don't want to necessarily address that because that is common to all of us. All of us have done something stupid. But I wanna talk about the crisis of being caught in a system of stupidity through which you cannot seem to escape no matter how many self-helps you get, how many counselors and medication you're on. Oh, preach with me here. I cannot seem to break past This system of stupidity, though I have sought it with many tears, I feel trapped to repeat the same mistake over and over and over again, and I don't know how to get out of the system that I'm in. And the difference between us is not that we haven't done something stupid, we've all admitted But some of us get stuck on stupid. Oh, my, my. I told you this was a word that I don't normally use. But we can get stuck on stupid. And we keep going after the same kind of person or the same whatever over and over again. We keep living beyond our means we keep falling prey to the same mistake in spite of our desire to change it and this is the frustration of life when you desire to change it is frustrating when you desire to change but cannot seem to change it is not frustrating to be happy to be down under but to desire to change and not be able to do it. And you don't know how many people I've prayed with, how many people have called me, usually the last person on the list because they've tried everything. By the time they reach me, they're at such a juncture and such a crossroads that if the Holy Ghost don't intervene, their life is going to Take a slippery spiral in the wrong direction. So it's frustrating to be able to be stuck in a place where you desire to change, but you are not able to change. So when I was reading this scripture, Pastor, it bothered me. In fact, I don't like this scripture very much. I'm not trying to be uh, uh, disrespectful to the Word of God because all Scripture is inspired. And inherent, it is immutable, it cannot be changed. And, but this scripture just bothered me because of the, the time we live in right now. If you make a mistake, people either are quick to stone you or they are quick to forgive you. In fact, we're in a mindset now, well, that's all right. Everybody's doing it. That's all right. It's the times we're in. Pastor, church is too old-fashioned. Y'all preaching against this and that. Don't you know what year we're in, Pastor? Pastor? The scripture bothers me because he sought repentance with many tears and he found it not and he lost his inheritance and he is scarcely mentioned, Esau is, though he was destined to be in the lineage of greatness, he is scarcely mentioned. He forfeited his greatest moment over a bowl of soup and an inability to correct a pattern, a pathology of dysfunctional decisions that followed him throughout his life. Now while I'm preaching, I know some of us are thinking of a family member, we're thinking of somebody, we might even be thinking of ourselves of somebody who has not been able to correct the pattern. It is a pathology of dysfunctional decisions, one right after another and you wish to God You could help them. You wish to God that you could change it. You wish to God that you could bail them out again. You wish to God that you could fix it. But there are some decisions that we make that have consequences that even though we cry tears and tears, we forfeit our future. And that is what this text is about. It is there that I want to focus my attention because the truth of the matter is, all of us know people who are stuck. Say this with me they are stuck in a pattern. You can go back in your whole life or maybe your family's life or whatever, and you can see there's dumb, there's dumb, junior, there's dumb, the third, there's dumb, the fourth, there's dumb, and there's dumb, dumb. Come on. And the real funny one is the people who have been married like five, six times, they keep marrying the same person with a different name. And it's not even funny. Didn't you learn from the first serial killer you married? Why would you be attached and attracted to another serial killer? You thought you were going to change him too? Dumb Junior? <laughs> what I wanted to focus on is that Esau sought for repentance. The word repentance, chop this down, is the word metonia in the Greek. The word repentance means to change your mind. So if I say that I repent of something, then I've changed my mind. And so Esau changed his mind. He sought to change his mind with many tears and he found it not. He sought to change through tears, but he couldn't find it. He sought a change of intelligence with a lot of emotions but he found it not he sought repentance with many tears and he found it not so this is what we know an emotional response does not equate to change just because someone comes to you boohooing and in crying An emotional response doesn't always equate to change. You didn't know you was coming for some therapy this morning, did you? Have you ever seen people who know how to turn on the waterworks and deceive you with their tears? Now, I got to admit it because I have been really dumb about this too. Because I'm a pushover for some tears. I'm a crier myself. Ask anybody who knows me. It don't take much. For me to cry, them tears start falling, my nose gets as big as a rhinoceros, my lips go to quivering, come on somebody, I I just... I see something or somebody come to me with a sad story. I start boo-hooing with them, and them tears start falling. But I'm amazed at the people where tears are no indication at all of an inward change that has taken place of repentance in their life. They can cry and lie to you, to your face. Doesn't amaze, doesn't it amaze anybody? Am I the only one that can is amazed by the fact that somebody can come up and cry and, and be lying right to your face? even though they cry. I mean, they just be lying through their teeth and saying, I wasn't there. I don't know why you would even think I would be doing something like that. Lying right through their teeth. Esau sought a change of mind with many tears, but he could not find it. Come on, somebody. Mentonia means a change of mind by pivoting direction. So when I change my mind direction, repentance, I pivot my direction. A change of mind that is so strong that it will stop you in your tracks and turn you in a different direction. It is not a fanciful ideology. It is not a mere notion of possibility. It is the extreme change of mind that becomes so radical that it affects your behavior when you get up in the morning and you work through the day and you lay down at night. You have to have an inward change, a change of mind, and you will not have to do this often this is not the daily stuff that you do oh father if I've done anything today that has displeased you in any way forgive me Lord before I lay my head no this isn't that little prayer that you pray and ask God to. if I've done anything knowingly or unknowingly but it's one of those things that when I make a change I put my foot down my feet down and I plant myself and say this is the direction that for me and my family we are going to move forward this is what i was but i am a new somebody this is what i came from but this is where i'm going behold the lord hath done a new work and a new thing he hath done in my life somebody say a change i'm not talking about the little prayer you pray now lay me down to sleep pray the lord my soul to keep if i die before i wake pray the lord my soul to take God is good, God is great, pass the plate. Thank you, Rhymers. No, I'm talking about a directional change where you pivot. I'm going in the wrong way and I'm gonna flip this whole thing around or I'm gonna lose my whole future over a bowl of soup. I'm gonna lose my whole future because I had sex with this woman outside of marriage. I'm gonna lose my whole future. A directional change means I pivot, I change. Can I go deeper? How many have a computer? You all have one if you have a phone. Raise your computer, let me see it. And you better not be on Instagram. Check in stories. Thank you for showing me your computer. But on a laptop computer or a desktop computer, and maybe even on your cell phone, every computer has what is called a default setting. Say that with me. Now, the default setting sets the computer to operate by certain principles and ideas of which the computer has agreed to be committed to. It does not mean that you can't function outside of the default because you can function outside of it if you want. It just means that if you ever deviate from the default, once you come back in, the computer will automatically take you back to default settings and if you don't want to go back to default settings, you have to go into the settings and change the default say that with me. You have to change the default. Now, I I give you an illustration of on font. The default font for my computer is Times News, News Roman. How many know that font? Times New Roman is the font that is set on my computer. Every time I try to type a document in Word, this is what comes up. It's always the font of choice. But I don't like Times New Roman. It offends me. (laughs) Don't care for it. I don't invite it to any of my gatherings, to any of my papers. It don't make my sermons either, except for today. I prefer Avener. In fact, I change everything To Avenir. Don't ask me why. I can't tell you why. It is the default in my brain. I prefer Avenir. Some of you who are melancholic are sitting here cringing at this very moment because you have your favorite font and you wish to God that I would name yours. Not today, devil. Not today. I have a font that I enjoy. It is sanctified. It has been through many a preached message. It is in my note of notes. I believe the King James Bible was written in the font of Avener. I missed an organ spot at that moment, brother. But I wanna show you something. Say this with me, I change my mind. The only thing that changed is the font. It looks like it has changed, but the only thing that changed is the font. The phrase is still the same. Say, I changed my mind. mind. The sentence has not changed. The only thing that's changed is the font. Are you with me? Write this down. You have to change your default settings. And this is how most people live their lives. They default back to their old ways, to their old man, to their old thinking. Now that all of us in this room, I assume, are sanctified holy unto God, have given our lives to Jesus. And if not, you about to today. We're coming after your font. But but all of us are sanctified in this room and all of us, I assume, are living sanctified and consecrated unto the Lord. That if I was to walk up and slap somebody in the face, you would immediately go to the scripture that says, if they smote you in the face, turn the other cheek. Because you are sanctified under the word of the Lord. If I was to steal your good Michael Kors coat, you would say, oh, that's no bother. Here's my cloak as well. Want my shoes? Because you would hold to the scripture that said, if they take your coat, give them your cloak also. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's preach to the unsanctified people that didn't show up today. (laughs) I mean, those that just haven't been consecrated yet. That if I were to walk up and slap them, they would go back to default setting. We'll be ready to throw down. I'll be snatching my wig off, throwing it on the ground, putting lotion Y'all don't want to help me because the old me would have fought. The old me would have cussed. The old me would have scrapped. The old me would have fought you right in the lobby of the church. So do you understand what I'm saying? That some of us go back to default setting and we don't mean to. We thought we had changed, but oh, I found myself in Times New Roman, and the only thing that... Say this again, you have to change your default settings. I had to personally go in and change the default settings on my font to Avenir, So it wouldn't keep taking me back to Times New Roman. Who am I talking to this morning? Because your default hasn't changed. Your situation hasn't changed. People come to church, come to Bethel and say, well, at my old church, we used to, at my old church. I'm like, then why ain't you there? If you don't change your default, you'll go back and forth in whatever environment you are in. So when you're in church, you change to Avener. Well, pastor likes Avener, so <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> when you're around certain people, you change. You got your work friends. You got your Friday Friends. You got your church circle. And when you sing certain songs, you change. We be singing about Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. But let this, let this line hit you. Dun, 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 dun. Let thriller show up. Let Billy Jean show up and all these church people who won't praise God, they'd be like, oh, you don't want to help me because the song changed, you changed. Am I preaching to anybody at a wedding and I, you can't praise the Lord at church, but you act a fool doing the cha-cha When you shout and leap, you change. It just depends on you go back home, you turn into the same old default, default of defeat, default of depression, default of dysfunction. Can't nobody live with you. Come on over and over again and then when you get around church people, you change again on Sunday. You want to hang around them because as long as you're around them, you got you some peace. You feel nice. You feel spiritual, baby. You feel holy. But that's not the problem. The problem is you keep going back to your old ways stuck in the pattern you were before. You've lost the altar in your life. Oh, and you can't figure out how to break it. You had many tears. You cried about it, and you still go back. You shout about it. You speak in tongues. You roll around. You got three prayer partners, and you still go back. And you can't figure out how somebody who cried for it, shouted for it, sang about it, started going to church on Sunday... Why does this still keep happening to me, God? I don't know whose prayer I'm breaking into, but I'm breaking into somebody's prayer. Lord, why do I keep going through the same things over and over again? I go to church now, I tithe now, I shout now, I leap now. The problem is your default. Until you change your default, you'll always go back to being who you were before because you never changed your mind. You can change your friends. You can change your address. I'm moving to Florida. I can't, I can't, I can't. You need to know that if I'm making fun of that pattern, you can change your phone number, you can change the songs you sing, you can change everything else, but if you don't change your mind, There is nothing as powerful as a changed mind. A changed mind. Whether you do it in 12 steps, you do it in one step. A changed mind. Anybody hear what I'm saying? A changed mind. There are some people in here tonight or this afternoon right now who used to do drugs. All kinds of crazy drugs. Strung out on drugs. And people wouldn't believe who you used to be. Your old friends never thought you would ever get away from it, but one day you got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not just going to change my clothes this time. I'm not just going to change my address this time. I'm not just going to change my burner phone this time. Oh, I'm going to change my mind change myself and God's gonna get the glory out of my future. If you believe it, shall yeah. And some of y'all, some of the women that are here used to be easy. All a man had to do was tell you you were cute. You were so easy. But one day, McDaddy rolled up said baby I ain't never seen something so fine and you said hold up wait a minute wait a minute I'll change my mind whoa there ain't nothing like the power of a changed mind let me tell you if you change your mind I don't care what comes against you if you change your mind it don't matter who you're fighting how big they are how tough they are. There is nothing as powerful as a changed mind. I'm gonna preach to somebody if I gotta preach all day long. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost touch somebody, tell them I change my mind. I change my mind. I change my mind. Who I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Tell somebody I changed my mind. Ah hey, hey hey. Hey, I feel good in this house. I, I wonder if I could get Dominic Canalis to come up here and help me. Oh, come on. <laughs> Give Dominic a big hand. And, and, and I, I'm going to pick on somebody else. I, I wonder if I could get Brother JR to come up here. Let me. Look how tall and stout this young man is. How, how old are you? Twelve. You've got a mustache already. A whole new year. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you how much or how much you weigh or how old you are. But I would ask you, because you know, you can ask younger people. How much you weigh? Um, I would say 80 to 90 pounds. Mom, she said yeah. 80 or 90 uh, it's between that. 85. I need all the carnival workers to, to to affirm that he is 85 pounds. Now, Brother Jr. does not weigh no 85 pounds. He is taller than me. And Dominic, stand right next to Brother Jr. if you would. Now, he's probably almost two times as big as you, right? And because of that, if he were to tell you something to do, you would probably have to do it. (laughs) How many say amen? Amen. You're going to stand where he tells you to stand? You're going to do what he tells you to do? You're going to wear what he tells you to wear? You're going to... Get up in the morning, what time he tells you to get up in the morning? You're going to go to bed, what time he tells you to go to bed in the evening? Because he's bigger than you. Now, the thing is, because of Brother Dalton's size and his age, Dominic has every reason to obey him. He's bigger. He has more experience. He has probably a lot more money. I know at least he had thousand dollars on somebody's credit card. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> if you were late getting here for the service, you don't even know what I'm saying. But <laughs> Brother Dalton has more resources, more connections in this life, and he could lift you just for exercise. Are you able to lift 85 pounds? Oh yeah, I can lift. Him. Do you think you could lift him? Oh. Oh, okay. Do you think he can lift him? Go ahead and lift him. Hey, I'm I'm 70 and pretty. All right, you can put him down now if you want to. Now, I want you to hear something. All of that sounds good. That Dominic would have to obey him, mind him. Do all that Brother Dalton says to do until he changes his mind. Are you hearing me? The devil can't do just anything to you. People can't do just anything to you. Life can't just do anything to you. I don't care how little you are or how big you are, there is nothing as powerful as a changed mind. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody, I changed my mind. Give Dominic a big hand. Give Brother Dalton a big hand. Say, I changed my mind. And in 223, the Lord told me to tell you, change your default setting as we head into a brand new year. No more coming to church when I feel like it. No more praying only when an emergency hits. No more tripping, tipping instead of tithing. Somebody needs to change their mind today. I'm preaching today to a body of believers that determines to say, I'm not going back to default. I'm not going back. To my old ways I won't go back I'm not going to just change my mind When I come to church Or I go to a conference Or I go to a revival I'm changing my mind For 2023 Is the year for me and my family To walk into our destiny And we will not give it up For a pot of stew Stand to your feet And give God praise in this house Tell your neighbor, say I'm changing my default settings. The only way to go through a rough marriage is to change your default settings. The only way out of poverty is is to change your default settings. The only way out of dysfunction is to change your default settings. The only way out of your worst situation is to change your default settings. The only way to get a good education is to change your default settings. But as long as you're programmed to do what you've always done, you'll never get out of where God wants to take you. But I dare somebody to go into a phone booth like Clark Kent and turn around until you come out Superman or Superwoman and say, "Ah, wait a minute, I'm better than that. Wait a minute, I'm not going back. Wait a minute, I won't die a crack I won't die of smoking weed I'm not going to let you abuse me I'm not going to live in my past There is nothing more powerful Than a changed mind Somebody say yeah Well pastor then Why doesn't it work for Esau He sought to change his mind with emotions He had a lot of emotions Let me tell you something That is better than strong emotions it's a decision in fact say this with me a decision I I dare you to make a decision your decision today may not even have any emotions attached to it it's just you make a decision the prodigal son was in the hog pen and he was surrounded by the swine He was about to eat the same thing that the swine eat. And all of a sudden, the Bible said he came to himself. He didn't change his clothes. He didn't change anything else. All he did was change his mind. The pigs couldn't hold him. The swine couldn't hold him. The pen couldn't hold him. The shame couldn't hold him. The disgrace couldn't hold him. I dare somebody change your mind. Do it now, change your mind. Because once you change the default settings, you're gonna move into a new normal. And there will be occasions, rare occasions, where you will maybe find yourself typing in that old font. The devil will come along and say, "Uh Aha, you didn't change at all. But I'm going to help somebody out today. This is how you know you have been changed. It's not that you might not mess up and do what you used to do. Help me, Holy Ghost. It's just that it's no longer your normal. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center.